Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC, episode 65. Uh, we're here with a film composer, musician, Juan Dusan. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? Very good. Uh, a little bit, a uh, little stressed. Yeah, a little tired. A little tired. Yeah, but the grind good. is real. Why is that? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, we've been doing... Just life. Just life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Hopefully but like, it's better though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just gotta just about time management, really. And I think every artist can <laughs> can feel like that too. You get too caught up with one thing, and then you know, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, give us a little bit of uh, background about who you are, what you do. All right. Um, how long do you want this answer? By the way, <laughs> long or short? As long as you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, my name is Juan Dusan. I am a film composer based in New York City. I went to NYU to do a screen scoring graduate degree, um, and I graduated back in May 2020. Oh, wow. Just like me. Congrats. Or, oh, that's great. <laughs> where, where did you go? Uh, Anianto, SUNY, SUNY Anianto. And what did you study? Music industry. Oh, that's cool. Super yeah, cool. Yeah. No, ask me. Ask me. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so um, I'm originally from Colombia, and um, I lived in Colombia for pretty much like 22 years of my life. I was formerly trained in classical piano and, you know, music in general. And I also did a semester abroad in Michigan. I studied in Eastern Michigan University for a semester, then came back to Colombia, and then I wanted to pursue uh, film scoring as a career since my two passions from very early on were photography and music. So I kind of wanted to combine that. And since I have a little bit of family around here in New York, I thought about coming here to study and, you know, keep uh, nurturing that profession. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, I want to ask, like, why did you choose specifically film scoring and not, and not just being like, like a uh, individual artist, like as a career path, in terms of like a touring um, artist that's an interesting question I guess I don't want that much attention <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know uh, film composers are kind of like behind the scenes uh, people usually know their names but they don't usually know their faces mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting um, but we're very important in the production of a film or a TV show or any kind of project so uh, I wanted to have a you know, to do something that was really important and felt really important, but not necessarily have that kind of like all the eyes looking at me, sort of. Oh. Uh, you say you do photography and, and music? Yes, yes. So w- which one was the most difficult to learn and which was the most gratifying? Wow. Well, I've started learning photography first. And uh, I, yeah, I actually started when I was around maybe eight years old wow. i would take pictures with my dad's uh camera i think it was a film camera and i would make like videos with also like a cassette camera which is like pretty old <laughs> but, um and then i kind of started learning how to edit those films in my computer i would use like windows movie maker and stuff like that <laughs> so it was more like videography more than photography. And then I slowly transitioned into like motion graphics and, you know, like I learned how to use a bunch of like Adobe software, like Premiere and uh, After Effects. And I 
did that while I was doing music as well. Because I started doing piano when I was nine. And I had the two things going on at the same kind of rate. But now your question was like, what, what was the most gratifying? I think it was music, honestly. Right. Since I was able to share everything that I did to an audience. And that felt really, really nice. So sorry, uh, <laughs> call for my mother, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a first. That's, yeah, that's a first on the podcast. My mom but, never calls me, so. You're, you're uh, lucky. <laughs> no, but that's like very, very, you know, interesting because it's usually with like people that start out with like, you know, music, like at a pretty young age. You know, it seems like they like only do music and, and it's just that from the beginning. So it's like very interesting to see how like what you were doing before music kind of ultimately played back into music. Right. Yeah, I guess I it turned out to be more passionate. I turned out to be more passionate about the music and, you know, about, you know, sharing that music with audiences and my friends and people around me was, uh, was very easy to do. And I had some sort of facility to do that. So um, I, I pursued it as a career, but I never kind of, um, you know, I, I never stopped doing the other kind of thing. thing. So I, I continued the photography. It's, it's like one of my hobbies today. Uh, and, you know, they complement well each other. So I, I can get to, you know, photograph myself and do a lot of kind of like self-promotion, self-marketing for my yeah, art you, career. Yeah. Save so much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. But your whole like Instagram feed is just like so perfectly curated. And um, yeah, <laughs> I really I really appreciate it for me uh, because I also do photography and music. So... So like you're like goals for me basically like like oh, oh really yeah be, that's super like, between cool your thank compositions, you yeah and like your photography skills you're 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 uh, you're fantastic but following that um, would you would you ever consider kind of like producing kind of like a multimedia type of like um, event or um, project where you like incorporate um, your own photos and your like own original music or like after, after film? COVID, obviously. Yeah, obviously, but like kind of like, <laughs> yeah, kind of like including film and like your and like your own music, just like a uh, just like a passion project. Absolutely, actually, that is something that I've been thinking about since I released my first original solo album as a composer. It's called Voyage, and it's on Spotify and Apple Music, and it basically has uh, a bunch of tracks that I composed that live within like a cinematic kind of world, but it's not really clear what that world is since every listener kind of like gives the album its whole story um, based on their own experiences. So I would love to at some point kind of like put that music to picture or to an animation to show it, whether it's live or like online, I think that would be super cool to do at some point. Wow. Yeah. Like a hybrid kind of work. Do you ever yeah. feel like too spread thin? Uh, what do you mean exactly? Do, do you feel like you, you sort of like your creative juices uh, feel like they're running on E because you're doing so many things at once? Cause I, I would feel like, you know, even me when I was just doing, you know, sort of like music and i was trying to do add other stuff onto it maybe it's just my personality i just wasn't able to do it because 
the, the way my brain works, they need to be a hundred percent on one thing. Like, totally. You, you feel yeah. like that? I, I totally get that. I, I was that kind of person before. I, I, I remember that in my business card, I had uh, Juan Dusan, film composer, pianist, photographer, and a bunch <laughs> of other things together. And I was like, I can't possibly do all of those things perfectly. So today I focus more on the composition, film scoring aspect. And then I kind of like have all these skills on the side that I use in order to improve that focus. So yeah, if I, if I don't see that I have time to do one of those skills, then I would just like hire someone to do that. Like that makes sense. But music takes priority. Music takes priority hundred percent of the time. Uh, but you know, even if I, if I like hired an animator to do, uh, or, you know, a, a producer to do a film that goes with my music, I would definitely like to have some creative decisions and creative direction in that right. rather than like giving that to someone else. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like composing, like from like a practical point of view, do you feel like only like having the keyboard as your main interface to like compose music? Like, do you ever feel like it's like limiting? Cause, cause I, because I did see like a picture of you with a guitar or like, I think it was you, but it doesn't seem like you like really use guitar in your um, person, like, like in the way that you like make your music or make compositions. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that it has limited me. I, I think it's actually um, a great tool to be able to play the piano. And, you know, if you want to be a composer, that's basically what you write on. And since I have uh, an ability and a skill to use the instrument, I feel that I save a lot of time. But I'm going to say that, you know, when it comes to writing other instruments, like uh, for guitar or for string instruments like the violin, uh, it would definitely be a lot handier to play that since it's really hard to like replicate that from a computer. You really want to record that in real life. And if I was able to just record it myself, that would be so much more gratifying, but you know, <laughs> you, do what you, you do what you do and you do what you can. So um, in that case, I will ask my string player friends to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like the exact opposite where like, I'm like primarily guitar and yeah. I never took the uh, piano classes seriously, unfortunately, <laughs> when I was in college and I'm just kicking myself in the butt every day <laughs> because yeah, like I should have taken piano more seriously and I'm doing my best to like relearn it now. But like, I kind of wish I was in like, I was like in like, in like a, your position because I definitely finally understand just how versatile the piano can be in terms of like the bigger image because you know guitarists can kind of sometimes be be up their own ass <laughs> yeah I, I get that I lived with a with a guitar player I'm sorry uh for my first <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you like whenever I write for guitar uh th this this is like very normal in the film scoring world it's very rare when you get to write for guitar but when you do you need a guitar player yeah. it's absolutely impossible to replicate that sound on a computer yeah. so it it was great to be able to collaborate with someone that close and to learn from the instrument yeah well of course guitar is the best instrument in the world duh <laughs> who, who no plays competition. Pianos? Yeah, who's who plays yeah, who can make who can make a career making piano? Nobody. No, no, no. <laughs> String gang. String gang. I mean, piano has pianos have strings too, right? 
Technically, know. yeah. <laughs> Technically, yes. Technically, the pianos are plucked strings instruments. Yeah. But, um, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, can you, like, tell us, if, if you can, um, what, like, um, like, what films or, like, uh, projects that uh, you've been working on lately? Well, lately, I've been working on uh, three different short films, independent short films. Uh, one of those is called Floundering. And I can't really talk about it exactly because yeah. I just wrapped that, that short. And it's uh, hopefully going to get into festivals next year because uh, we did a lot of good work in it. Uh, and then I'm also working with two um, NYU alumni who are also like working on their thesis films. And hopefully that also gets some attention next year. You know, with, with film, it's always kind of strange because you do a lot of work and then you have to wait so many months until you see it on the screen or you see it at a festival or, or you can even talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, well, thankfully, uh, one of the films that I scored last year called Amalie, I uh, recently got a, a, a film festival official selection at the NFFTY. Uh, which is a very important festival among universities and colleges in the states, and that was that was really cool. Awesome, yeah. What's been your favorite uh, piece of work you've done so far? Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard question. Putting you on your spot. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. Um, I really love a short film I scored last year called Red Bale. Uh, first of all, because I thought that the whole plot was extremely compelling and uh, very mind-bending, but also because I got the chance to record with the Prague Film Orchestra wow. remotely. So that was a lot of fun. And I recorded a, a chamber ensemble of strings and harp, and I really loved it. I, I wish I could get to record with them more often. Wow, amazing. Uh, Speaking, so, so kind of like on like that end, like you've probably done, you know, dozens of like films at this point like what are some like common cliches like we've been like composing for film that you that you try to like avoid okay <laughs> i have a big list i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah later on, later on. <laughs> um well one, one of the main cliches that i try to avoid is uh writing music everywhere in the film hmm. uh, and that's something that i guess many directors want uh, they think that you got to have music everywhere. And, and if it's like a short, short film, like five minutes, six minutes, six minutes or 10 minutes, then you need to have music all, all throughout the, the film. And that is not necessarily right. Um, you could do that depending on the project, but I don't, I don't think that that's that useful since the music. Do you feel like it takes away from like the actual like piece of music that you're, you're most interested in? Probably, but I think it takes away from the reality of the film, too. Um, so, like, uh, you know, music is supposed to underscore an emotional moment or something that is happening on screen. And and sometimes directors want to underscore everything uh, exactly as you are seeing it on screen. But music is supposed to tell you information that you are not seeing necessarily, mm. information that might be implied in the film and you don't really realize it's there. So, uh, or give you clues or stuff like that. So that's kind of like why I don't like to score 
an entire film. <laughs> I, would, I would just do like cues. Yeah. Um, that's one of the cliches. Another cliche that uh, I try to avoid is writing for like a full orchestra all the time. Uh, because, you know, a lot of composers think that the only way of writing music for film is uh, going as big as John Williams or Hans Zimmer all the time, which is perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but again, when you're writing an independent film or something that is smaller in scale, uh, the music can't really be bigger than the film, bigger than the picture. It can't feel bigger. It has to be smaller than what you're seeing on screen to support it. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's like definitely um I guess I guess this like conversation falls into kind of like um the importance of kind of like is it called um diegetic music in yeah. film and stuff like that. And I feel like I don't know what that is. Uh it's uh it's so so it's basically music that the character in the universe of the film is like actually listening to. So like Guardians of the Galaxy is probably like the most famous, right? Yeah, so that sort of thing is stuff that I like love. Like, have you have you like had the chance to like compose that kind of music, like music that a, that like a character within the film is actually listening to? Yes, I have. I have had the chance to do that. Uh, in that film I told you about, Red Bale, uh, we had this scene on the main character's bedroom. She's like on her computer, uh, chatting with someone, and she's listening to this song. Uh, from her computer, of course. But when I got the chance to do that track, it was great because I got to use some of the main themes of the film that are originally underscored, but I got to compose them in like a pop song, sort of. Nice. So that was that was cool to do. Uh, but I don't get to do that very often because um, people want to license tracks or some, some directors want to, you know, uh, license maybe an indie band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do Do you have more fun doing that sort of stuff? I think I prefer to do underscoring and non-diegetic music. Why is that? I don't know. I think I just connect more with it, with, with the drama that it generates, you know? Like, I'm good at reading emotions. I'm good at reading people's faces on screen and stuff like that. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm I'm just good at it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, um, so like, um, so, so, uh, sorry, (laughs) specifically like your own music, like, do you ever have the chance to kind of like include your, like, your like own music, like say something that, that you've made in the past? Like, like, uh, have you, have you ever had the chance to kind of like slip it into a, uh, film that, um, that uh, you've uh, worked on? Yes. That, also happened with Red Vale. It was kind of funny because I, I was still in school and I, I had a, an orchestration class and we had recording sessions almost bi-weekly. And I wrote this uh, piece called Memories that you can listen on, on my website. Mm-hmm. And the director of Red Vale contacted me a few months after I published that piece online. And he was like, I totally love this piece. I think this would go extremely well with my film. Can we develop a whole score based on this? And we got to do that, but also we got to use the same track that I had written a few months in in the past. So that was that time when I got to reuse one of my previous uh, tracks. It's not very often that it happens, really. 
because you know directors want well and collaborators specifically want something original tailored for their projects they might want something that sounds like something else but not necessarily to be the same yeah well it probably makes your job easier when you could just take something that's already like pre-made that you paid and made it yeah and just like yeah. probably like probably like uh you know kind of like saves time definitely mm-hmm. yeah it does yeah. yeah but like speaking about like speaking of of the music you've made um within within your own personal time like your latest single i love it so much like i was like listening to it earlier and yeah. it kind of reminds me of What's kind of like uh i forgot the name do you remind me one more time voyage Voyage, okay, yeah, Voyage is definitely a great song, and it kind of reminded me of kind of like video game music in a sense, like it's very ambient, and just and just reminds me of kind of like video game music, maybe like a level, like a very calming, or like a very, yeah, just like a calming, under, like a underseen, undersea level, but like I really like what, I really like Voyage, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Like a calm drowning? Or no, what? no, no. Like a calm. No, I don't know. It just feels almost like a meditation like, session. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, like, what was like the uh, inspiration and the process of like creating that song? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I I wanted to create an album uh, when I was thinking about about this whole thing. Uh, at the beginning of 2020, I had this idea of creating an album. And uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about the concept for it. And then when I actually got to write it, COVID hit. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was both great and bad. So it was bad because, you know, all the terrible things happening. But it was great because it gave me some sort of like a musical retreat. So I, I, I had the chance to be isolated. I had the chance to to be fully creative in my room and to experiment with a lot of different topics um and you know that piece and the whole album of voyage represents kind of like my musical journey up until this point and it kind of like summarizes all my musical influences and establishes the the sort of uh music style that i'm writing today so that ambient kind of like combination with um a little bit of epic a little bit of indie a little bit of orchestral but a little bit of electronic too. Right. That whole mix is is kind of like who I am today, and Voyage is the perfect representation of that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I um we we could take this time now to kind of like listen to like a short um, piece of a Voyage if you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome.
So, uh, hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Uh, you have just listened to Voyage by uh, Juan Dusan, and um, I hope you guys like it. Fire. It, it, it was pure fire. I love, no, like I really <laughs> love it. It's like, I love it. I love it. I've, I really do. But um, yeah, let's like talk about some of your um, influences and like the way that you discovered your own voice within composing, or maybe you are still discovering that voice, but yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, one of my first influences in music, I would say, is the, is the band Dream Theater. Oh, oh uh, okay. You're yeah. That, that is, and still today, it's one of the things that I listen to the most, like progressive metal, progressive rock kind of. Yeah. That is kind of like my one, so, one side of the coin, one side of the spectrum kind of influence for me, yeah. like heavy kind of influence. Yeah. And then to the other side, we have a little bit of classical music, of course, uh, since I studied that. Uh, uh, one of my biggest influences in classical music is Scriabin and Ravel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to the film music world where some of my biggest influences have been, of course, Hans Zimmer, because I grew up listening to his scores. Mm-hmm. Alan Menken, who wrote the score for probably all the Disney movies you know. <laughs> um, and um, currently, some of my biggest influences are Nicholas Britell and uh, Ludwig Göransson, who just scored the movie Tenet by Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah, I really want to see it. Too bad. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, too bad. It's amazing. <laughs> what are what are some good soundtracks for people who are, like want to get into like you know this sort of music? Like, what what would you recommend? Um, well, uh, I think I can recommend. If Beale Street Could Talk by Nicholas Britell. Mm. Um, of course, I would recommend the soundtrack of Tenet since I just watched that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my, my music taste is kind of like change every time I see something new. Um, but then I also love a soundtrack by Alexander Desplat called uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh, I never watched that movie. It's a beautiful film. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about this all day long. I, I recommend 1917 by Thomas Newman, one of my favorite scores of last year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so so for the rest of this year, like, uh, what is your like workload looking like? Like, um, are you like going to continue working on your on your own music, or just whatever like films come your way, or the hustle? I'm <laughs> 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 uh, really constantly just trying to look out for uh, more collaborations, and obviously try to. Um, work with my previous collaborations again since uh, thankfully the majority of them have been successful and I have many friends now that I gained in NYU uh, through their collaborations with the film department so right now for the rest of the year I am looking at maybe three or four films that are secure right now Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm you know I'm open to just more <laughs> yeah i mean when when you talk about like collaborations it's just purely you're like you know you're like you're like 
composition skills with with like a filmmaker or like exactly. is it also like music on music musician on musician you know projects as well well i was i was talking about a uh, filmmaker with musician uh but i also do some collaborations uh musician to musician that guitar player roommate i told you about uh i created an album with her uh it's called 56th street since we lived in 56th street <laughs> um, and it's also on Spotify available to listen. And yeah, that was that was a good collaboration I did with her. But that was purely like our of our own time. It was not kind of like work. Yeah, you know. But that would be great to just like tour with that album at some point. Yeah. So like, what kind of music is it? Please tell me it's prog. <laughs> it's kind of prog. Yeah, it has a it, it has a lot of uh, a lot of that for sure. Oh. It's kind of like a little bit of cinematic, electronic, and a touch of prog. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. You're having too much fun. I'm having too much fun, dude. I love prog so much. Like, <laughs> And the other cool thing about that album is that we were in quarantine when we composed it. So every day that we would sit down to write a new piece of music, we would take something that was related to the whole pandemic. So like, for example, one day we created one track that was based off of the number of COVID cases in New York. And then we created like a chord progression with that and then a melody and then a whole track. And the other day we sampled the people cheering up for the frontline workers at 7 p.m. And we made that into an instrument in one of the tracks as well. That's really awesome. cool. Yeah. So like speaking of kind of like, because that's, those are like, you know, very like good examples of like kind of like drawing inspiration from like very, you know, very, you know, interesting places. And like yeah. whenever like whenever you're facing writer's block, like how do you try to like re re inspire yourself? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, well, when I'm writing my own music, not necessarily for a film, it's all about going back to my roots, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, going back to instinct and, you know, something emotional that has happened to me or something that I feel I need to say through music. Mm -hmm. When I am working on a film, I would say that a good way to get out of that writer's block is um, give it a break, a little break, and maybe go out for a walk. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that that definitely helps me. Or also just watch the film again without music. <laughs> ah. Yeah, that, that must be so weird, like watching a, a like completely scoreless film. Like. <laughs> it's like quiet. It is, it yeah. is very weird, yeah. especially if it's a horror film. Oh. oh yeah all that almost like empty space yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's like kind of like watching you know kind of like friends without the laugh track have you ever did it? it's weird it's weird it's yeah comfort that was like it's not oh, my favorite show well what's your favorite you know not friends sitcom uh how i met your mother's how, yeah, yeah so it's like yeah. watching like how i met your mother without the laugh track just like so much dead space it's just like alien almost it's like so foreign <laughs> that's how it is yeah. uh, horror films without scores feel yeah. like comedies so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i want to see like nightmare on you know elm street without the uh score that'll be fine i'm sure you can find it online somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but like um if you want we could talk a little bit about how like being in new york city has like affected you and like how you feel like it's like inspired you changed you affected mm -hmm. you as a person as a musician you know yeah how long have you been in new york city i've been here for two years 
Only two years. Two years, yeah. Wow. Where were you before? Colombia. Wow. 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 Big jump. Change, <laughs> yeah. Culture shock. Yeah, definitely culture shock. You know just... I don't think so that much because New York is like a bunch of different cultures and a bunch of different things here. Mm. Uh, so, and I I come from a big city uh, in Colombia, so it was not that bad of a shock. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. <laughs> prices. What was that? Like the rent prices weren't that big of a shock for you? That is a shock, but <laughs> I was informed. Yeah. Oh, you were informed? Uh, I was informed prior to the fact. But, you know, I have since I have some family around here, I would visit them every other year. I would come here to spend, like, the holidays or something. So when I moved here, it was not that big of a shock for me. It didn't feel like a, you know, like a big shift had happened. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So and like, I always knew that I wanted to come to New York and live here mm-hmm. and, you know, experience working in industries like Broadway, um, you know, film, stuff like that. Awesome. So like how do you feel New York has like made you grow? Like what is your experience in New York, you know, just like besides music, just like everyday life? Like how has that changed you as a person ever since you've been living here Mm, that's a great question well first of all living by myself so uh not with my parents that's that's been like a a whole change for me and that has made me grown Mm -hmm. uh going to nyu to a master's degree that is like very high stakes spending a lot of time in that uh you know like new york city is a, a very hard city to live in it's uh, very expensive, uh, but at the same time, the amount of culture and you know knowledge that I have gained from being here in just two years are incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I I would have ever felt like this back where I come from since you know it's, it's a different kind of like level of um, musical experience here. Yeah, two years of going back. Hopefully, I can get to stay. It's uh, it's hard right now since you know, like visas and all that kind of stuff is kind of getting. Imagine. Yeah, kind of getting messy. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, I get to stay. Um, who knows? Since you know the the real industry that I want to work in is here, and well, specifically in LA, but also a little bit here in New York. I uh, I would love to stay here and keep working here if it's possible. Yeah, you don't want to go to LA. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like LA? It's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> that whole coast is messy. You got earthquakes, you got wildfires. <laughs> you no. Instagram, I don't know. Uh, what, what do you call those guys? TikTokers? You got people from Hollywood. <laughs> you got... <laughs> oh, man. But um, before we uh, end this uh, uh, episode of the podcast, I want to ask you a very weird question, but. Have you ever eaten a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich before? Yes. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> the guy who came on, he's been here for like 10 years and he's never had one. Yeah. So like, we just had to know. That is not possible. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we said. He said food was so expensive. I was like, no, bacon, egg, and cheese no, costs like, like three bucks maybe. As soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's standard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, do you have like a favorite deli like in the area? Yeah. Speaking of which, like, like which part of the city do you live in? I lived in Hell's Kitchen for 
almost two years and I moved last July to Hudson Yards. Oh, okay, oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Fancy schmancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but but, but uh, we are both very happy to know that uh, you've you've eaten bacon, egg, and cheese. I'm very very <laughs> happy to know that. I mean you have to. If you're in New York City, like it's such a meme, bro. No, but it's 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 just, it is essential to life here, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree with you both. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> so, what, what would you want to leave with? Baking egg and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, I guess to like to like um, aspiring like you know composers or musicians in general. Like, do you have any tips? Any advice? Um, yeah, something to well, that degree. Yeah. Well, a tip for upcoming and growing composers is that uh, they should always try to say whatever they feel and whatever their emotions tell them in the most original way they can through music to better tell stories and to, uh, you know, make people's hearts feel warm. I think that's, you know, and, and also always like striving for more and better collaborations with other musicians or you know uh, filmmakers or people like you guys <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much yeah appreciate that yeah yeah thank, thank you so much for coming on and uh so much times we're in right now but i'm glad we could accommodate you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you guys yeah. i appreciate that a lot thank you for having me